0: Over the last few years, I've talked to thousands of couples about their money. And now for the first time, I want to share with you what I've learned live on stage in New York City. Join me in New York on April 10th for Love and Money, an evening with Ramit Sethi. To connect with me and other IWT listeners in New York, go to iwt.com live event for tickets. Presale tickets are on sale right now using code RICHLIFE. And general tickets go on sale Friday, March 8th. Again, that's iwt.com slash live event. I'll see you in New York. If you're in New York City or the tri-state area, listen up. This year, I'm looking to coach couples live in person on this podcast. So if you and your partner want to be personally coached on money and relationships, this is your chance. Now, whether you can't get on the same page with your spending, maybe one of you has loads of debt, maybe you're about to go through a huge life change like a baby, promotion, career change and you're just stuck on how to handle the financial side of it and you live in the tri-state area I want to hear from you please apply at iwt.com slash apply
1: I do wish my parents helped more a hundred percent but they're very old school. They believe the husband should be making money, the husband should be providing and everything.
2: It becomes a big fight and we try to make up at the end of the night, but it adds up. We're living month to month and I didn't think it was gonna be like that before we got married. If you want me to provide, we gotta downgrade. I can't keep providing a lifestyle that we can't afford.
0: Meet Jessica and Nathaniel. Jessica grew up rich, but now she and Nathaniel are struggling to make ends meet.
1: It's like we have two kids. I'm, I'm a husband. I have a dog. I'm doing everything to like to stay afloat. Like I just want to be able to meet. Like I just want, like everyone's just to be able to pay the rent, to pay the food, to pay the, kids, the schools. Sorry. So I'm scared to look at my bank account because it's like it's diminishing every day.
2: I keep telling her that I didn't move to New York to be a taxi. I was told, be a taxi if you have to. Do whatever it takes. Work in a bakery after work. Go to another job and do your night job and do whatever it takes to provide for the family. But I work hard. I know I work hard. But I have a limit to what I'm going to do. People think in Montreal, where I came from, they think I, I married into big money, and now I have it good. I'm set up for life, but it, it's really not like that at all. How are you feeling, honey? I know it's hard. We have to. We could work it out together. We could. We could give it a chance. We could make things work out.
0: Jessica and Nathaniel have been married for five years. And Jessica has a simple request. Her husband, Nathaniel, runs his own business, and even though he's been struggling, she wants him to contribute to their joint expenses, even if it's just 100 bucks a month. Now, do you think that's the real issue here? As you listen to the two of them, listen to the resentment, listen to their communication styles, listen to the constant spinning and repeating There are clues upon clues here.
1: When I first got married, I I never thought about finances. I'm not going to say that I was spoiled. It's not like I went out and I bought mailbags or whatever, but I did have a nice life. When I got married, the first few years was like, okay, whatever, because we had wedding money. And then the first year, Nathaniel couldn't work because he's from Montreal, so I didn't think anything. I found myself in a position where... I'm lying to my parents that I'm not paying for anything because my family's very old school. I don't mind like helping, but to help, to pay for a lot of things. And like, it definitely puts a strain on us because my savings are running out and we have two kids now. I do have more anxiety now because to all these things. And so it's very frustrating to me. And then my parents asked me, like, oh, how is Nathaniel doing? How is he doing at his job? And I kind of to be like, yeah, look, he's doing good. Look, he's paying for everything, whatever. But it's hard. It's hard.
0: That was hard to follow. <laughs> when I'm talking to people in financial trouble, they rarely come to me with a logical numbered list of their issues and their proposed solutions. It's more often a long list of problems followed by negative feelings, all interlaced with grievances. Remember this, people with financial problems love to talk about their problems. My job is to see if they're ready to talk about solutions. Nathaniel, by the way, mirrors this communication style.
2: I'm a lighting consultant. In the last couple of years, there's been millions of people like me that joined the industry thinking they're going to get rich off LED, the new hot thing. So it took me time to realize that the market in New York was so saturated. I I felt I'm going to move to New York. It's going to be easier with work. It's a bigger city, but it was the opposite. And in the last year, I decided to to explore manufacturing and the money that I make, I'm investing in this business. When I come home and it's the end of the month and we need to pay rent and I I get frustrated that her family, they help, but with each help, there's a punch. It's not the best type of help. So that's really where we fight the most. That's maybe the only reason we fight. So I, I get upset at Jess that I don't understand why, and then I start getting upset at her parents, and then it, we, we, and then it, it becomes a big fight, and we try to make up at the end of the night, but it, but it adds up. We're living month to month, and I didn't think it was gonna be like that before we got married. And on top of that, I never worked as hard as I did uh, in the last five years.
1: Could I just add something to that? Of course. Yeah, I do wish my parents helped more, 100%. But like I said, like they're very old school. They believe the husband should be making money, the husband should be providing and everything. But at this point, I'm not even mad at my parents anymore because it's like, it's been five years already. It's like, here my husband, We're supposed to be partners. Another thing we argue about is I grew up in a city. I see myself here. Like, when I think about the future, it's, I want to, God willing, buy an apartment here and have my kids grow up here. And if Daniel keeps telling me, let's move to Florida and this and that. Like, it's too far. I'm like, it's not too far. Like, you have two cars. You have this, you have that, and that. And to what expense? I won't be happy. Like, I just know myself. And... He tells me, like, that whatever would never give it a chance. It's just that I'm very aware of what I like and what I don't like. You know, like, I love the city. I go down. I get my coffee. I can do things. Like, I like walking. Like, I'm, I'm just, like, always out. Like, I'm always doing something. I don't like going in the car. I'm putting my kids in the car. It's like a slug for me.
0: Did you notice all the stories they both tell themselves about their lives? Nathaniel didn't envision marriage like this. In fact, his friends think he married into money. That's a story. Jessica doesn't envision herself ever living in Florida. That's a story. You know, most of us have a vision of what our life is gonna be like. We have a story about what our spouse is gonna look like, what job we're gonna have, where we're gonna live. And I found that it's really, really hard to accept that your life might not turn out the way you envisioned it. After a while, it's not just a dream, it actually becomes part of your identity. And this is one reason you see people making decisions that might seem bewildering to you. Like a couple who hangs on to living in a place that they clearly can't afford. Now to you, the outsider, it's so obvious, just move. But if your entire vision of your life has been to live in a certain city, even a certain neighborhood, it can become really, really hard to accept that that might not be reality for you. This is another thing that
2: Jess likes the, the good life. And I, I told her, if you want me to provide, we got to downgrade. I can't afford an apartment like this. And Rome wasn't built overnight. My business is going to, I'm going to make it, but it's going to take a little bit of time. And and I I did provide for a while in terms of rent. I I I I I buy a lot of things. I I for food, uh, diaper, and whatever for essentials. But, and even rent, I did for for a while. I was paying rent, but I can't keep providing a, a lifestyle that we can't afford. And that's one thing that bothered me. That she wants to live in New York City, the most expensive city, when we can't afford it. So I told her, You're, you have no choice to help out. Your parents have to help out uh, for now.
1: I know what hard work is, and I don't mind hard work. Yes, I do have high expectations because I want him to be the best person he can be. I want to also be the best person I can be. But at the same time, I expect the basics. Food on the table, schools for my kids, a roof overhead. You know, like those things I don't want to have stress over
2: yeah i didn't I, I I keep telling her that I didn't move to New York to be a taxi because because sometimes I was told that be a taxi if you have to do whatever it takes work in a bakery after work, go to another job and do your night job and do whatever it takes to provide for the family. but I work hard I know I work hard, but i I just don't feel I have a limit to what I'm going to do. Uh, People think in Montreal, where I came from, they think I I married into big money, and now I have it good. I'm set up for life. But it's really not like that at all.
1: The point is, there's no shame in doing whatever you have to do for your family. That was his point, but like it was taken to the next level.
0: How long ago did that conversation happen, Nathaniel? This was a year
2: after we got married.
0: Jessica, he remembers that conversation. Very vividly. Why did he bring up a conversation very emotionally charged four years later?
1: I think he's just upset with the way my family has comments or they try to say things to help him. And it just gets translated in the wrong way. And I think he has a lot of resentment towards my family in the sense of, Wow, why don't they help us?
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, they help us. But like I said, every little help, it's a punch here, a punch there. And it's rubbed in my face. You come to our house, we give you the best food, you drink our best wine, we take care of you, we do everything for you, you know... so we're we're going to get to the family. And, we appreciate you. it, but but I want to see my kids, my my, my grandchildren. I would lo- I would take them with me everywhere. We're going away for the holidays. We're driving to Miami. I would never let my daughter drive to Miami, but but it's fine. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes uh, to make sure we go away for the holidays.
0: You know, Nathaniel goes off on rants like this a lot and he's spinning. He's getting madder and madder. And after a while, he doesn't even remember what the original question was. Now imagine communicating like this with your partner, but 10 times worse because you don't have somebody like me there as a third party and doing it for years and years and years. You know, after a while, it's almost impossible to communicate with each other when you're speaking to the ghosts of your relationship. Every one of us Know somebody like this. It might be parents or relatives, people who sit down and just bicker with each other over and over again. You know, you might tell yourself, oh, that's how they express themselves. That's how they show love. I don't believe it. I think if you ever ask any of these people, do you want to keep bickering with each other like this? They will instantly tell you, no, but it's her fault. It's his fault. They'll go right back into it. They don't want to do it, but they don't know how to stop.
1: I just want to like be able to breathe. It's like it's a lot on me. It's a lot of pressure from everyone. I'm lying to my family and like I'm trying to support. It's like we have two kids, I'm I'm a husband, I have a dog. I'm doing everything to like just stay afloat. Like I just want to be able to breathe. Like I just want like everyone's just to be able to pay the rent to pay the food too. Pay the kids, the sorry.
2: Every day I step out of my apartment, cost me $100. Wait, wait, wait,
0: Let's finish, because Jessica, we were going to start with Nathaniel, but I'm hearing you. You have a lot to say. I want to hear it. Jessica, what would be the ideal outcome from this call?
1: To, like, first, find a way to make more money to be stable to just to pay for basics and then you can go to like other staff locations, whatever at this point I don't even care about that right now. Like it's I'm scared to look at my bank account because it's like it's diminishing every day. And like I don't think Nathaniel realizes he thinks like I'm using my parents' money. No, it's my money. I saved it. I worked hard for it I have a home decor company, like so I'm doing all this by myself, and it's somehow. I feel like he doesn't realize. Like I buy the meat, I buy the fish, I buy the groceries, etc. Like I go, I order Costco the diapers, the wipes, the this, the that. Like I take uh, my daughter out, I go and buy her food, buy them clothes. I, it's, I pay the rent. Like it's just so on me. and I don't think he realizes to what extent I'm doing Like I'm drained. In every aspect, physically and mentally, and it's... I'm tired. It's like I have anxiety. I'm not healthy because of this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you've taken on a lot.
1: Yeah. And I never thought... I would—I honestly never thought I was this strong because, like I said, I had a nice upbringing. Like, I never thought being in this situation, like, I never thought I would have to hustle this much kids
0: Mm -hmm. okay so if you could have anything from this call it sounds like you would want nathaniel to understand the burden that you've taken on and it sounds like you would want to know that at the end of the month you can pay for the basics food rent your kids yeah like i
1: want him to Share this burden with me. It's not all me. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay, great. Nathaniel, if you could get anything out of this call, what would it be?
2: I, I don't want you to think that I don't spend any money because I, my credit card Hold on, bill let me stop you right there. Life.
0: I just asked Nathaniel what he wants to get out of this call. And his response was an immediate defense about how he spends money. You both have a tendency to go into your automatic responses. Have you noticed that? Both of you do it. It's a very simple question. What do you want to get out of this call? Suddenly we're talking about the family history and this and that and what coffee I like. You will never get to a solution while you are stuck talking about your problems. People with problems love to talk about their problems. (laughs) You both love it. Most couples spend four to five minutes giving me background and then I ask lots of questions. You two spent 22 minutes talking. I hardly spoke at all. And if I hadn't stepped in, you would have spoken for the next three hours. And do you know where (laughs) you would have gotten? Nowhere.
2: I have to defend myself when I hear things that I I don't agree with, I have to defend myself. If I hear something I don't agree with, I always,
0: I I have a big mouth when it comes to this. And does that work for you? No. No. (laughs) I want to know where you want to go. So Nathaniel, tell me, what do you want to get out of this call?
2: I I, I would love to get some counseling on my business, on how to be independent.
0: Tell me more. What does that mean?
2: I I want to be able to provide for my family without anyone, you know, being there to tell us what to do. And I don't want to count on anyone. I want to be the own boss and provider of my family, not boss, but I want to be a a role model and I want to be someone my family can look up to Very good. proud of. Excellent. If you could help me and, give me some pointers and, and help me out to align myself properly so I can have clarity
0: in my business, that would be huge. Your problem is not with your business. Your business has nothing to do with this. So we're going to talk, but it's not a business problem that's going on here. There's something much bigger here. I'm um, The problem? No, no, I'm not saying that. I don't know. We're going to get there, but... First of all, I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to help you both because I want you to be successful. I don't think that me giving you a few tips on your business is really going to change anything. I could fly to New York tomorrow and work with you directly on the business. That's not really going to make these problems go away.
2: I strongly believe that if I'm successful in my business, most of our problems will be solved. It's a constant money issue. It's all about money
0: here. Nathaniel doesn't believe me. And this is really common. When there's a problem in a relationship, it is tempting. It's easy to fixate on the details. You know, if she would stop spending on eating out, we would be just fine. Or I told him that we need to spend time with our family for Christmas. Truthfully, that's almost never the real problem. It's just a symptom of the deeper, deeper issue. Most of us never even see the real problem, much less discuss it, which is why it feels so frustrating to go over the same fight again and again and again. Nathaniel thinks he needs business advice. Jessica initially wanted him to contribute a hundred bucks a month to their joint finances. Both of them really believe that that's what they need, that it will help them but you know what it won't what about before covid how were you both doing financially
2: we we're, we got married so we had a little money to we had a beautiful lavish wedding sometimes i think maybe we should have done something smaller and then we would have put money aside and but we had a beautiful wedding and we, it, it's very, it's just not, I'm sorry, repeat your question.
0: <laughs> you mentioned that you used to make 100K if it weren't for COVID. So how were you doing before COVID?
2: We still had problems because New York City is it's an expensive city.
0: Are you guys seeing that making an extra 50K is not going to change your life? You That's both a- came to this call believing if you if your rent goes down a little bit, all your problems will be solved. Or if you make an extra 50K, all your problems will be solved. But you've already done that and you still had the same problems. Are, are you starting to see that the number on the spreadsheet is not really the problem? Because if you made 250K tomorrow, you would still have the same problems.
2: I don't think so. We would have some issues, but I, I think this is the root of all the pro- of most of the problems. I really do.
0: How come? You used to make double the money. You still have problems. Why?
2: Because rent five times twelve. We're already almost at a hundred thousand. And then that's without a car. Then we need a car. Travel, the kids, twenty twenty thousand dollars for pre K. At one point I told Jess, we're not having kids. We can't have kids. How are we going to provide? And her parents said, "Don't worry, it's all good. Just have belief." Money is ridiculous in New York City. It's out of control. Okay.
1: I don't agree with I don't think it's so. just New York City, but okay. For what we're paying rent here, we could have a castle in Montreal. I just think even in the suburbs, that like, things add up. My aunt lives in the suburbs, and she pays the same amount we're paying here. Two she cars, the best. She
2: has a big house, the garden. The pool. Anywhere outside of New York City would be fifty uh, percent less. Easy.
0: Okay, well, (laughs) I think they've just proven my point. You know, one of my philosophies is take the win. I'm going to take the win for myself and give myself a big pat on the back. They love having their same pre prepared arguments. That's not a response to my questions, it's a psychological tick. So I think I need to change my approach here. I need to help them discover why they keep going back to the same automatic responses. I need for them to really internalize this for themselves. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind the scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, Where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city. And we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look Everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts, unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email. U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature that's superhuman.com slash Rameet R-A-M-I-T. You two seem to like going over your same arguments over and over. What does it get you? That's my question for you.
1: Yeah, Venice, like like it's pent up. So the second the door is open, then it just comes flooding out. It's just a buildup of everyday life of, of sometimes like I just explode and like I said, I'm I'm not really telling my family about all this. So the second life, there's like a switch. I just, I, like, it, it's almost like venting. It's like, I, I want to say like all these things that are bothering me. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel a bit better that I get it out.
0: <laughs> it, it makes you feel better.
2: That's what yeah. it gets you. It, uh, bottom line, it gets us
0: absolutely nowhere. I get that. Obviously it gets you nowhere. I get that. But what does it get you emotionally?
2: the anger out of me.
0: Yeah. And where do you redirect that anger?
2: To my family.
0: Yeah. You see why this is not about business tips? We still got more to go, but okay. it took us an hour to get to this realization that you don't actually need a business tip because that's not going to do anything. And you actually don't need 50 grand more a year because that's not going to do anything. The real problem is the way you two are communicating. And if you can't fix that, you could have somebody write you a $1 million check tomorrow. It'll last you a couple of years and then it will be gone. And all that will be left will be finger pointing. So we'll talk about some of the numbers here, but ultimately you have some very tough decisions to make. Those decisions are not gonna be found on a spreadsheet and there's no secret trick, no secret business thing to fix. There's only the two of you. How does that sound to both of you?
1: Good.
2: Excellent. Okay,
0: great. I feel that we're getting somewhere very positive. And that, to me, feels really good. Watching the two of you, even your body language has changed in the last 60 seconds. So we're starting to, all of us, open our eyes. Let's see what their options actually are. I think it's time to talk numbers.
2: How much do I need to make to live in New York without problems? 200,000 a year.
0: Okay. Let me just make sure I have these numbers correct. Understanding that it's been an un- unusual year, but ballpark, making about 60 to 70k a year. The breakdown of that seems to be approximately 20k coming in from Jessica, 50k coming in from Nathaniel. Jessica, you have about $10,000 of savings which you mentioned is dwindling, and your rent is approximately $2,000 a month. Would that, is that fairly accurate?
1: Yeah.
2: No, the rent is a big problem. The rent is a big problem. Like I said, I I paid the rent, partial rent for many years. And I told Jessica, look, I'm not gonna get myself into debt. When you wanna live in the city, it's super expensive. It's it's just, I'm new. I had perfect credit in Canada.
0: Okay. Hearing these numbers, how do you think you are doing financially?
2: Not good at all. Our rent shouldn't be more than 30% of our salary.
0: Okay. Okay. How do you feel you're doing, Nathaniel, hearing these numbers?
2: Not where I want to be at all. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay, so both of you are aligned there. Even if it's that you're both not doing well, at least you're on the same page there. That is great. Hey, listen, sometimes I talk to people and one of them says, we're doing great. The other one says, we're about to go bankrupt. That's a real problem because they're not even on the same page. At least you're both aligned. Now, I agree with you that from looking just at these numbers, what am I going to say about that?
2: Rent is too high.
1: Yeah, rent is too high. Rent
2: is slaughtering us.
1: We live in a two-bedroom apartment. Yes, the rent is, quote-unquote, expensive for us, but Upper East is expensive. My family's in real estate, so I see value in things like, okay, it's location. My daughter's school is a 2 blocks from here. My family is a 2 blocks from here. There's like a temple right near us.
0: Sometimes there are some simple financial truths. For Jessica and Nathaniel, the truth is they can't afford to keep living here. But as I share this with them, notice their reaction. Try to imagine that I would barged into this conversation and told them the same thing in the first three minutes of talking to them. How do you think they would have reacted? Here, I spent a lot of time digging into the underlying issues, asking tons of questions before going into the numbers. And this is the opposite of our instinct, especially if we know the truth, especially if we're good at numbers. We overvalue math, and we undervalue psychology. Here, listen to their reactions. I'm gonna be very candid about these numbers, and then... We're going to talk about what options you have going forward. You don't make enough to live where you live. So that's just the bottom line. One of the problems with living above your means is that you spend so much time underwater just trying to stay alive, trying to pay this bill first and that bill that you can never actually look forward When was the last time the two of you talked about what do we want to do five years from now? What kind of beautiful vacation do we want to take? Jessica, when was the last time you talked about that? Never. Exactly. How could you? Because you're so busy trying to stay afloat that you never get the chance to look ahead. And you're both so young. Your kids are so young. But you have chosen a life where you have sentenced yourself to struggling and so to get out of this situation is going to be a little difficult.
1: Look I don't want to go back to the whole money thing but it's right now like I'm currently paying for all of this folk can both afford it if Nathaniel helps me with some of the things we need we need to pay for. That's how I see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. If Nathaniel helped you, how much would that be?
1: I don't... I would ask him to help me with half of the things that I'm doing right now. Like half a friend, uh, half a food or for school or whatever. It's just... I think we can meet in the middle. Like, I don't mind contributing. It's just a lot for me to do everything.
0: Nathaniel could write his entire paycheck to your household and you would not have enough to get by. That's the truth. That's the simple truth. There's certainly a discussion to be had about how you both contribute and what proportion, but Nathaniel could write 100% of what he earns into the household and you would not have enough to survive.
1: Um, It scares me a little bit. I don't know, it's a lot to take in. It's, I just don't see myself living anywhere else in the city. I just like...
0: Let's pause. Notice, notice what your mind will do. Your mind will start spinning on all the things you don't want because change is hard, so you have options. I'm gonna start with you, Jessica. You tell me two of your options. You don't have to go with any of these. We're just gonna put everything on the table. No matter how crazy, how unlikable these options are, how cool these options are, we're just gonna put them on the table, no judgment. Let's start with you, Jessica. Give me two options for what you could do.
1: Two options for what I can do is lower my standards, not expect to live on the upper side, to put my daughter in school on the upper side. So my option would be to lower my standards and move somewhere more reasonable.
0: Is there anything else? Move. That you already said that.
2: Be patient. I keep telling Jessica, be a little more patient. We're
0: almost there. Well, I, 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 You guys are close to losing... You don't have any money. You can't... Even if you had... Right. You you can't even make it one year on what you...
2: I I have... One option is to sell my gold watch.
0: There you go. That's an option. I don't think that's the right option, but that's an option. (laughs) Very good. What else?
2: Maybe you should consider finding a a job, a better job.
1: I like what I'm doing, so I'm not going to change. I... Put a lot of money in production right now for my platters. So I'm definitely not backing out right now. It's hard to give up and say, no, let's work on this together. Like, I think we both just want to be right.
0: Wow. Now we're starting to get somewhere. We both want to be right. And so when I start going into my automatic answer, rehashing the thing that I've told 25 times about. I'm not moving and we could live in a castle. What do I feel? I feel right. One was to find a way of lowering the rent, whatever that means. And the second way is to increase your household income, however that might happen. I would say that the option of just continuing doing what you're doing is not an option. Do you know why? How long can you last in the current state you're in at all? No, oh, Like a matter of months. And now I'm not telling you, you have to move out tomorrow. That's not my job. That's your joint job to decide what to do. But I am telling you that no amount of saving $100 here or $300 there will allow you to afford this rent. Okay. And you cannot move forward in your life. You both are so young. Your kids are at such a beautiful young age. It will be very hard for you to look forward in life, to think about camp for your kids, vacation, any of that. If you are intentionally putting yourself in a position where you can't even get above water every month. Okay. So those are the two main levers in your life. Earn more, And I believe you both can, but you're going to have to probably do things differently than you've been doing. You might decide in a couple of years, you know what? It's really important for us to move back to Manhattan. Let's calculate the numbers. We're a little bit more confident now. You're not closing the door on any part of life. You're so young, but you have to be willing to make a change in order to be able to live sustainably.
1: I think you're 100%, but it's a lot to digest. I would love to make more money, I I can't argue with anything you're saying.
0: I think I would look at it not as lowering my standards. I would change the entire narrative.
2: A new chapter, a positive chapter, a, positive, a new start, an uh, optimistic start. Wow. Something that sounds, I'm excited.
0: That sounds <laughs> a lot better to me than lowering your standards.
2: I'm excited. I'm really excited.
0: <laughs> Let me remind you this isn't the end of living in manhattan forever it's not the case at all but in order to be able to live there worry free and to live the kind of lifestyle you want you're gonna need to give yourself the space to earn more jessica and nathaniel are talking about a huge life change moving your family to a completely new place, that's a lot to process. And especially for Jessica, it's a complete and sudden change from the life that she envisioned. So what I wanna do is I wanna pause here, I wanna check in, I wanna make sure she's taking this okay. In your own money conversations, use this technique. Pause, lots of check-ins, and remember, go slow in order to go fast.
1: I'm afraid of change, and I'm so close to like my mom. Like I see her almost every day. And, like I walk over my siblings. It's just I've never lived far from them. Like I've never lived like more than few blocks away from them. So it's definitely a hard change.
0: Nathaniel, pick up this conversation. You must have questions for Jessica on how she's feeling right now. Ask her. Turn around look at her and ask her. How are you feeling, honey? I know it's
2: hard. We we could work it out together. We could could give it a chance. We could make things work out. We had two beautiful kids.
0: Ask her. her. Don't tell her. Ask her more. Don't tell her. What do you want to know?
2: Your mom's always
0: going to be here. She could come see you. Nathaniel. All the time. Look at her face. She doesn't want to hear you telling her. You lapse into telling. I want you to stay with asking her. She just told us five very important things.
2: If you're not happy, we're, we'll always come back. We could always come back. We stop. could
0: always- stop. Why are you telling her? I just told you we are not in the telling mode. She just told you a bombshell. Let her talk. What do you want to ask her? I'm afraid we'll never be able to come back. Ask her a question.
2: Why do you think that?
1: Because I think that you'll be happy in the suburbs. The kids will be happier somewhere else. And then then you're going to tell me you're selfish. You want to move back.
2: But, But if your kids are happy,
0: but is a very good way to get your partner defensive. You're on, you're doing a great job, Nathan. You said, why do you feel that? She told you something else. Keep going. Play it out.
1: I need this in my home. I feel home here. Like
2: I, I understand. But you're right. Yes, I, know you more. I, I don't know. I, I know I know this this is good. I know. I just need a little more training wheels.
0: Great. Because Thank, this you is the best. Thank you for asking. I, I love that you asked. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I'm so glad you asked. The two of you, you're so close to having these beautiful conversations. You just don't yet have the tools, which is okay. The tools are easy. It's the intent that's not easy. And you both have it.
1: I, I do find that's where we have the majority of our fights because he tells me, well, my way's the right way. And then automatically I go into defense mode. So I definitely need him to articulate his words better and absolutely listen in to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to work things out and, and I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to try to be more patient than instead of jumping to conclusions or just getting defensive.
0: I'm not good with words. It's okay. You're fluent in English. You're very good with words. You may need to build the skills of communicating more effectively. But I totally trust you. You've done that on this call. I've watched you do it in front of my eyes. So yeah, you're both going to need a little patience for each other. I I learned
2: more about Jessica now. There's things, things that I discovered that could only help I, I didn't realize when Jessica would tell me I'm scared to go and never come back in my mind I'm like yeah but don't worry we're gonna get there and you're gonna love it and you're who cares you are just if you're not happy don't worry but that that's not the way to do things and, and okay honey if you're not happy we'll we'll figure a way to come back that's fine that just that, that could go a long way and yes,
0: yes. What a beautiful thing to say that you've been married five years and just in this conversation, you've learned something new about your wife. I, I find that to be absolutely beautiful.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And it's th- diplomacy goes a long way and it's something that I lack and I need polishing it.
0: If you've been enjoying these podcasts, I wanna invite you to check out my book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which is in every bookstore and library you can possibly imagine. I also wanna invite you to join my newsletter at IWT.com. And I send out all kinds of material on money, business, careers, and psychology, especially things that I never share with the public. Thanks for listening. Here's what you'll find next week on the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast.
1: My ideal scenario is where we can dictate what generosity looks like towards both of our parents, our siblings, and any other people or charities in our life. I think that's, for me, the the biggest thing I value is just financial freedom. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with generosity or caring for family. That's a value that we both deeply share. It's just having the optionality and not having the generosity come from expectation.
0: You know, travel is one of my money dials. It's one of the areas that I love to spend money on. I travel for months every year and I'm fanatical about the hotels I stay in and the experiences that my wife and I go through when we go on these trips. And I wanted to share another podcast that I really love called All The Hacks. It's by my friend Chris Hutchins. And Chris is the person I actually called when I wanted to build a personal playbook for how to use my airline points. I got on the phone with him and my assistant and Chris said, okay, which cards do you have? And we went through it and we built a personalized travel playbook Because Chris knows everything there is to know about travel. And now he's got this amazing podcast that I want you to check out. Again, it's called All The Hacks. Chris has traveled to over 60 countries, mostly for free. And each week on All The Hacks, he shows listeners how you can do the same with expert guests. He even does deep dives on specific travel locations. For example, there was recently an episode with the founder of a travel company where he broke down where to find off-the-beaten-path experiences in Italy and the best way to use points and miles for your next trip there. I've had the opportunity to be Chris's guest multiple times. Most recently, we talked about money and relationships and building a shared vision for your rich life. You can check that out on episode 112. So check this podcast out. It's actually very interesting. I want you to search for all the hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.